I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Michael Grothy. Hello. Uh, and today we are talking uh, about the official episode. If you guys were here last week, we did a quick stream. Yesterday. That was yesterday, one day ago. What did I say? Last week. Oh, yesterday. Uh, it's been a long 24 hours. Uh, yesterday we talked about the banning, so that that this is kind of a continuation of that conversation. Before we get started, uh, I do want to... Oh, we need to change the names of things because it currently says with Jim Casal on everything. Because sadly, we uh, don't have our intended guest. He, uh, we had technical difficulties because we're terrible <laughs> at computers. Uh, apparently, Mac updated in a way that makes it so it can't grab audio from Skype. So we can't have guests for a second. Um, so we're figuring that out. Uh, but, but we'll have a fix by next week. We'll have a guest next week. Hopefully. I'm saying hopefully. <laughs> In a week, you don't think we'll be able to get it up and running? I have, we could we even buy dream. equipment if we had to, right? That's true, yeah. yeah. I'm going to set up on your computer, and yours is a PC. So maybe maybe that's the issue. Is that the oh, max? you're going to be gone. We're going to have to use my computer? Yeah. We're going to okay. figure it out. Um, so, but today we're talking about bannings, and hello to everyone in the chat. I'm deleting all of the shares because it says the wrong person's name. Uh, so deal with us. Michael, in the meantime, why don't you update people on what has happened in the news as far as bannings? What news? Like oh, got yeah. So, uh, yep. Uh, as of Monday, uh, Oko, Thief of Crowns, Mox, Opal, and Microsoft Flatus all got banned in Modern. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. Uh, but today we're going to kind of elaborate on, like, what you should do if you had one of those decks. Because, you know, the problem with bands, especially in modern, is that, like, decks are expensive, and a lot of times you've had a deck for a long time, and you kind of, you know, it takes a lot of investment to build a new modern deck because a lot of modern cards are expensive. So if you had Affinity and you've been playing it for 10 years, and, you know, you've tweaked your list here and there, add some Thought Cast, added some Gavanic Blasts, but for the most part, you have the core of the deck, well, now you're out of luck because you lost your Mox Opal. So we're going to be talking about kind of what you should do going forward if you were impacted by these bands. Um, kind of more of a an action-specific episode than yesterday, which was more just kind of talking about, you know, yeah, so, so bands kind of, as a whole. A lot of the concerns we're seeing online through the Master Smart Facebook group or the Twitter accounts or just kind of the discourse in general is people are really unhappy with the fact that they've now lost... Um, a deck in modern, right? And and Affinity has classically been this deck that's been kind of a bastion. Like you could always kind of assume that Affinity was going to be playable and not to mention Hardened Scales decks or Urza decks or any other of the kind of artifact-based decks that people have invested in. And so now we're in a world where, you know, Mox Opal is gone. And, and I think the Oko decks to a second, a slightly lesser degree, partially because that was so fresh and new. It wasn't like, no one's been jamming 
Oko decks for 10 years because that card is only three months old and has ruined every format it's in since then. <laughs> There's still people who probably, you know, had been playing some kind of artifact combo deck and decided to invest in the Okos that's yes. now sad. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that does, it is true, but I feel like the less, the archetypes that were based around Oko are less like, this is the one deck I'm going to play forever. And yeah, more like if, game shifts. Like if you were playing Ponza and you, you know, decided to put Okos in it, like the guy who top aided the GP last weekend, you could just take the Okos out of your deck. You still have Ponza. Right. I mean, it sucks that you spent that money, but you're not like out of a deck. You now need to spend additional money to acquire a new deck. You right. just, whatever, <laughs> whatever you took out for the Okos, just put it back in. <laughs> I, I think, I think like, and Microsynthletics to kind of the same degree, right? Like the Karn package is actually still powerful. And in fact, I knew a lot of decks other than Tron were not even running Microsynthletics because the, they couldn't get to the six mana they need. Um, and so they were just running, um, what's the, the three mana artifact that makes it so people can't cast spells under three mana? Dam oh, no, Transfer. And dampening matrix and like there's other like the the fact that Karn is still this like one hit wonder of any artifact hate card you could ever want plus just generically good artifacts makes him still playable. You just no longer have the like oh you'll never play again unless you have a creature that can attack. And so well so yeah Tron in particular always has a lot of options and like has been existed long before Karn as well. Mm -hmm. I mean I think Oko is like or Opal is the like strikes yes. me as the biggest financial hit for a lot of people because like. If your deck was based around Oko, or if Opal, I mean, if your deck was based around Opal, chances are you've been playing it a long time, and also like there's no replacement for Opal. But Opal like was Tron, the most expensive card in modern. yeah, Opal yeah. was the and Opal was the most expensive card in modern. Oko and Karn are like you know Karn's like fifteen or something, well, and Oko was like thirty or something. Because the point is Karn's still playable, right? It, it's it's Michael it is still playable, but I would say that that's now gone. But I it's would not say that like Tron is not as interested in Karn anymore, and a lot of other decks that had been playing Karn, like some Ponza variants or some you know devoted Druid variants or whatever. He no longer has the oops, I win part attached to him, which just brings cards less playable, right? Like Helia, we were talking about, you and Ben talked about last week and earlier this week during the hot take we talked about for a second, what like that card, one of the reasons it's playable is because even if it's bad, if you cast it without devotion, it still has oops, I win kind of printed on it if right. you get the right other card. And then what hoops do you want to jump through that make it playable when you're not oops i winning because the oops i win makes it just at a base right. level worth playing and i think deck. karn all he all he asks is for a, a few sideboard slots he right. asks for like five or so slide sideboard slots and now he's like a good card but you lost the oops i win and i mm -hmm. think that does mean a lot of decks are just not going to be interested in Karn anymore and sure. i think like tron decks are part of it now if you are more of like an artifact based toolbox deck anyway like an ensnaring bridge deck and you like have your fourth ensnaring bridge in the board and you grab it with Karn, that also enables you to grab a Pithing Needle or grab a Graft Digger's Cage or grab a, you know, Damping Sphere or a Worm Coil Engine. Yeah, I mean, but I think Tron in particular, like, didn't need that as much. It was more in it for the for the I win button. Right. And they'll just go back to playing... Ugin and Karn and Worm Coil Engine. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, they just, they have a lot of options. And because Karn is a newish card, chances are if you had Tron and you were playing it, you just play one of the other options now um someone brought in slot and mind slaver in tron with karn instead because you can still just start looping it i guess would be the plan yeah if you're blue tron you yeah. can do the academy ruins mind slaver thing i mean 
there are a lot of fringe decks that are hurt by these bands too because like i do think the power of karn oko and mox opal can kind of like boost a fringe deck to the point where like it's competitive right and you know those decks are going to be on a case-by-case basis and i think blue tron is a little more fringy i would say sure uh but like blue tron has also existed since the format started and you'll just You'll keep doing what you're doing. Right. Maybe you swap. Maybe you cut your gifts ungiven package and put in one look and put in Karn, and now you just take out Karn. You put your gifts ungiven package back in, or something, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, then look at Death Shadow, right? Like Death Shadow exists in the format that it is as a format defining deck because they banned Gitaxian Probe, making the like all in double striking Death Shadow decks from before Gitaxian Probe was banned like have to figure out different options. And then in the midst of that, they're like, oh, this is just better than that original deck. Right. And I mean, I think that had Gitaxian Probe not been banned, there would be a Gitaxian Probe version that was the best version. But I do think that like people have innovated on it a lot since then. Right. I and, mean, like, like you can directly trace the innovation on that deck from them being like, oh, maybe we should, oh, what if we try Thoughtseize instead of Gitaxian Probe? And they're like, oh no, this is just, like this is what the deck should have been doing all yeah. along. Now I don't think Attacks and Probe leaves that deck. I just think that they no longer play the double straight cards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I do think. I mean, also like, and, and if you look at here, maybe Tron with Mycosynth Lattice Mono Green Tron is the best version of that deck with that available. But once you lose that, maybe Mono Blue Tron gets better because it can take advantage of that, or a Blue Green Tron variant gets better because it can take advantage of Karn better. But before just being able to I win on the green one, that's more efficient overall was worth it it's true i think that karn in particular like people are going to be forced if they want to play karn to like think about it a little bit more and perhaps innovate more right similar to the gitaxian probe that you're saying yeah it's like before you were playing karn because he could just win the game and you had like some side plans but for the most part you just grab lattice you know right and i still think like five percent of the time but now that you don't have lattice you have to kind of consider a little bit more carefully how does Karn fit into my deck and how do I best utilize this card more than just like I'm grabbing Mike's and Vladis 75% of the time anyway. It doesn't matter that much. And I think like there's decks like Urza was playing Karn towards the end there with obviously all the other cards they were talking about, but I don't think Urza goes away. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit with uh, Mox Opal. But, That's true. And like Urza and and Karn get along and there's other, there's a ton of Signet-esque effects that you could play that are just as good with those cards as Opal was in some ways other than the fact that it's a bit slower. Yeah, and, and the Wurza decks like pre-Oko were playing um, were playing Ensnaring Bridge. Right. And so they are a little bit more toolboxy with War of Invention. Karn also allows you access to your toolbox. You can play a slower game with Liquid Metal Coating blowing up their lands one by one right. while you have an Ensnaring Bridge out. And I think uh, Urza is really good with Ensnaring Bridge actually because uh, he gives you the mana that you need to like dump your hand. Mm -hmm. And then once your hand is dumped, you can now like draw cards every turn with Urza um, by activating the, the five mana ability. Uh, and you don't like you still have action even though you don't have a hand. Right. Not to mention if you're playing Thopter Sword combo, all your Thopters can attack under the bridge and then you play your last card. So so what what are your thoughts like? So obviously I think that Mycosynth Lattice Band doesn't affect Karn's playability. It does affect it from the like how often it will see play, but I think in a net positive of that banning, in my opinion, just from the perspective of we that version of gameplay was probably not healthy for the format. And we yes. talked a lot about this yesterday, but you know, for people that didn't get the chance to listen or for audio listeners, uh, kind of the gist of it is like, it's a, I win button. That's a little too efficient to play. Right. Um, it's, it's colorless. So you can play it in any deck that can hit six mana to cast lattice. Basically right. the, the restriction on like, you know, is this 
something I should consider for my deck. Maybe maybe the optimal version of a lot of these decks don't play it, but mm -hmm. should I consider this for my deck is can I hit six mana? Right. And, and, and being and, colorless, that's rough. <laughs> and and the, the the conversation on like that we kind of response was a little bit of, of a uh, this, you know, hitting ten mana is really hard. You do have to work for it. But in reality, you get a four mana efficient threat that draws you cards, shuts down a lot of cards in the format while also presenting threats. Right? It's minus ability is create a artifact, make an artifact into a, an attacking thing. It's Correct plus there. one, make an artifact, or target artifact oh, right. becomes yeah, a creature yeah, yeah. with, non-creature artifact becomes a creature with power and toughness equal to its CMC. So you, that's how you destroy lands with liquid metal right. coding, is you like make, make their land into an into a artifact, and then you make it a zero zero with Karn and Blizzard. And And with Karn, you also have, so you have a threat basically built into the card that then starts drawing you the perfect answer to whatever your opponent's doing that can also then win you the game on the two turns later like right, a, and, and, I, a, and a regular slow version mid-range version of the game not including what tron could do which is just pump it all out at once right and, and you need like a i think with karn you need like some type of broad answer that's like kind of your go-to and i think mike simplatis was that and one of the reasons that i like karn in particular and in ensnaring bridge decks is because that can be your go-to card where mm -hmm. like ensnaring bridge is a broad enough card against a lot of strategies like it it stops primeval titan from attacking it stops zombie tokens from field the dead attacking in the same deck it stops uh, you know death shadows from attacking anybody that wants to attack you to death they can't do it anymore right and that's like so many decks jund can't attack you with tarmogoyfs mm -hmm. like it just makes it it's such a broad answer and then it opens up your like package of right. like maybe i grab an engineered explosives maybe i grab a chalice of the void maybe i grab a whatever you know i mean i think right now as i stand ensnaring bridge might be my favorite card in commander even to that extent because it like it's almost like in the commander especially but in, in modern this has an effect too worst case scenario you have a hand of cards but then they just like can't hoof you right or they, yeah, can't, or they like, can't attack with primeval titan because right. you have four cards, cards. In hand. Yeah. yeah so like like and those are in commander especially the bigger threats are the problem and modern has primeval tans running around so even if you can't yeah. get your hand down to zero cards where you're locking the opponent out of the game being able to just prevent them from getting into is is, is really good i mean there's a reason that the mono red uh, prowess decks are even running in snaring bridges because they have all their creatures are like one zero oh, sure. and then they attack and then they pump them so they can like go under the bridge and you just if you have anything that is bigger than a one one you're not attacking them and even one ones aren't that good because for some reason every creature in that deck is a one two yeah <laughs> um so i i think i think like I think Karn has a lot of usefulness in the future. I don't think the lack of Michael Synthlatis really hurts it. I think Michael Synthlatis... I think Mike's lack of Mike Synthlatis does hurt it. It does hurt it, but I think... I think <laughs> sorry. It does hurt it, but it's not like, oh, these decks are gone. But I think that, like, the difference is... It's not that, like, there were decks based around Karn, right? Yes, Like, I, I don't think any deck that had Karn in it was based around Karn. I think now, if you're putting Karn in your deck kind of does need to be based around Karn a little bit more. Like, you need to be able to use his abilities more effectively. It's not just like, this is my win condition, I'm just going to play it, and that's a, that's a it's like a backup win condition that you just slot into any well, deck. Now like, it's like something where you kind of need that effect, or your deck like really wants that effect, or is going to take advantage of it before you put it in your deck. As opposed to like, this is my backup win condition, I play it, and then I win. <laughs> I, think, I think you are discounting a little bit the power level of just having the best toolbox card in the game currently or in the format while also having other than maybe the About green of wishes. creature tutors. You don't like Fae of Witches? Not as much as Karn. Okay. <laughs> Fae of Witches is like a 1-3, correct? 1-4. On the front end. With flying. 1-4 with flying. Karn finds you two cards you want and creates whatever threat you want. Plus, maybe. Plus destroys lands. Maybe he Those finds two things. Destroy people's lands. It depends on what you grab. 
No, no. I mean, one card maybe. It can get Stone Rain. Is there any? It could get Karn to then get. <laughs> <My God. laughs> um, all right. So that's Karn. Uh, I do want to talk about Oko a little bit next. Um, I think that for audio listeners only, the loss of Karn, I think, was, or the loss of Oko is a net positive. The 29 copies were in the top eight of the last modern GP. Uh, which is every, yeah, every deck, deck but, but the one. Jund deck was playing it. Um, as, you know, what Jund wasn't getting around, apparently. <laughs> Jund was decidedly dry. Yep, it was a dry blah, blah, blah. It was a dry Jund day. That's impossible to say. Um, so I do think that that's just kind of the way that, like, I think everyone's happy that Oko was gone. I don't, yeah. if anything, I think Oko should have banned, been banned out of modern a month ago if not more the only thing then is that there weren't enough tournaments at that time to like be able to actually see what's happening in modern yeah like you can tell that the play pattern of the card sucks but like if the power level isn't high enough for it to be a format staple then you know i i was i'm fine with wizards kind of seeing where it went yes. obviously it went to a place that it you don't want modern to be added and so it got banned right? well and i think i think the issue was more the timing of the holidays to be honest is that we had like the month of december where there just wasn't any high profile modern tournaments so like in november it was showing signs oh this needs to be banned and then nothing for a month of like any actual data was given other than just like people being miserable on moto and so yeah like, and really people are probably playing less magic online during the holidays because everybody's traveling or they're with their family or they're playing vintage cube or whatever right, right. so <laughs> yeah yeah so so i think that in that sense that's really why it took as long as it did now the real question is how long or if at this point, the real question is like, does it get banned in Vintage and Legacy? And how long does it take for that to happen if it does? And we aren't the most aware of Vintage, especially if not both formats. I do know that this is not the first, we are not the first person to ask that question. And people that have asked it on Twitter, the general response is it's probably just going to be banned everywhere. Wow. Um, wow. Restrict Like Oko restricted in Vintage. Yes. Wow. Uh, I do know that the, there was like that famous uh, screenshot of the Eternal Weekend stream going around where like somebody was dealing lethal damage to their opponent with a Black Lotus. But that's a, yeah, an elk because Lotus. Because it was a 3-3 three, three <laughs> elk Black Lotus that was killing somebody on stream. That was impressive. I think, I think part of the issue is that in Vintage, it hits the two most relevant card types you need to answer and is also just yeah. like a threat that is impossible for that format to answer because they like... If you think modern, a format that has probably the most played Planeswalkers in it than any format, has a trouble dealing with Oko. Imagine Vintage, which like well, yeah, Slash I mean, Panther is playable because no one plays Creature Removal. Well, it's not really playable not anymore. anymore but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was mean, at Jace, the time. Yeah, J Jace the Mind Sculptor is like such a feature of Vintage because people don't tend to have a lot of creatures and he just like generates a lot of advantage. He like bounces the few creatures your opponent might have, mm -hmm. like the you know, Phyrexian Revoker on your Lotus or whatever. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, I think that like that has potentially happening. Ruben's nodding his head at us saying that he seems like he agrees. And I feel like he has more experience with legacy adventures than I do. Um, so I'm going to take Ruben's uh, expertise okay. on the subject matter. Um, as far as decks in modern, I like the one sad thing is this was the first time that blue green was ever like heavily playable in modern. Like, yeah. Now I will say that's just true of the last year. Like we we I tweeted this and it was fun. But basically, we did our top ten blue green cards uh, right after, or actually when we previewed Merfolk Mistbinder. Um, and Merfolk Mistbinder I think came in second place 
and yeah. behind number, like slippery bogle right? yeah yeah the slippery bogle was number one and then everything else was just like actually unplayable cards that we were just like it's kind of playable it maybe saw play once kind of maybe it's good in commander <laughs> uh and then since then uh the world has changed because we have what's the evolution card that i'm growth spiral neoform we got growth spiral neoform we got Oko, obviously, in the right. last year. We got uh, Hydroid Crisis, Total, Hydroid Crisis, which maybe not playable in modern, but Hydrocrisis better is, than Mistbinder, Miss probably. Yeah, uh, Hydrocrisis is better than every other card other than Bogle on that list, and it isn't seeing play in modern. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there, there's another one. Um, Neo Oh, Incubation say. Incongruity. Yeah, the Ben yep. the Ben favorite. That one is better than most of the cards yep. on that list, and it's not. Uh, it's seeing a little bit new, new, not Thassa, uh, Kiora, the new Kiora. Oh, the new Kiora is getting played a bit in modern. More play yeah. and sees a ton of play in Pioneer. In, in Bruise, but like the cost is low enough and the loyalty is high enough that like, it, yeah, it's like it, the power level is there. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. like um, nobody's broken it yet, right? And then obviously Oko is a card. And I don't know if we've talked about the, did you guys talk about the Titan last week? Oh, Uro, upcoming Uru. Civic card. <laughs> Futurama? No, you don't know the, the reference. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's the. It's what the president Nixon. Oh, Nixon's the president. Sure. And he ends, yeah, yeah, ends yeah, every yeah, sentence yeah. with Aru's name. Yeah, can't can't read it without saying it. It's, uh, it's Uro, but yeah. I think you, you, can, you can put the evidences whenever you want. Aru is fine. Aro. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> You can how just, I want. <laughs> you can just put the letters in whatever order you want when yeah. you say words. Yeah, you can. You can. That's the um, rule. So, so one thing I do want to bring up before I continue uh, for the people uh, communicating on the chat is that we will be uh, – Ruben is taking notes of questions, and we'll be doing kind of a, a questions and answers section at the very end of the episode. Please stick by because that will be something we're doing. Um, yeah, so if you have questions, out. feel free to ask them whenever they pop into your head, but we're not – we're going to hold off on answering questions till the end. Yeah, partially just because we have – we realize that for people that are audio only or or just wanting to listen vibe, us getting distracted by the chat all the time. Now, I'm keeping an eye on it for people that bring up stuff that's relevant just in case, but uh, we plan on answering your questions at the end of the episode. Um, but back to what, – what, what, how do you say the real way? A row? Uro? A row. Back to a row. <laughs> I didn't name the card. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's so much better. <laughs> uh, eventually, we're going to kickstart a token series of just cards I say incorrectly. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Need to get commissioned like Sage, Sage Rhino, like a Rhino. Oh, what about that magic. new creature that uh, destroys an artifact in, in Theros uh, Beyond Death? I'm you not, think, not going to say you it. You think that guy's going to see any modern play? Uh, I feel like uh, I don't even know you could the... pronounce that one. It's uh, Enters the Battlefield is a 2-2. Two, two, I know the minute, card. You know, I, uh, Let me bring it up for you. I specifically didn't n remember how to say it. Uh, <laughs> but I think that card's actually pretty good. I think that actually replaces or is an addition to kind of the Titan decks, right? That's that's the one thing Uro people are pointing at. About. Yeah, Uro, yeah. yes. Um, and the people that don't know, it's a one blue and green for a 6-6. Six, six. When it enters the battlefield, you may put a card into play from your hand and you draw a card. So when it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. Whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, which is classic Titan. Titan. Since that, it's like oh, a perfect Greek, love it, an ancient Greek style Titan, but it's a it's a magic Titan as well. It's like Whenever the most it enters, meta. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good really that it's good. so meta. Whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, uh, you gain three life, draw a card, and put you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, and then it escapes for blue, blue, green, green. And escape means you can cast it from your graveyard for its escape cost, blue, blue, green, green, uh, and exile five cards from your library. Uh, yeah, to, cards in my library. Yeah, in order to do that. So basically, on the front side, it's a three mana instant speed growth spiral that gains three life. Mm -hmm. Okay, but it gives you this inevitability of 
you have this big threat that you can continuously cast from your graveyard as long as you have cards in your graveyard. Right. Which in modern with fetch lands and thought scours and, you know, powerful one mana instants and sorceries and cycling cards and whatever, it's pretty easy to get to five cards in your graveyard and you can five other cards in your graveyard and you can escape it pretty easily and have a big threat that like you on turn on turn three, get draw a card, gain some life and put a land into play. And then on turn four, draw a card, gain some life, put a land into play and have a six, six. Yeah. And like doing that should not be difficult considering that, yes, you have fetch lands in those decks. You also often have like different things that search your deck for lands and put it in play. And then those go in the graveyard and you have, yeah, I mean, visions. depending on what yeah. kind of shell you're putting it in, but yeah, it definitely is at home in like a blue green ramp style shell, which we're seeing a lot more in modern because I think, you know, the power of Oko in particular, but of green cards. I mean, there's a lot of like Ice Fang, Kotal decks. You can play this guy in Collected Company because it mm -hmm. only costs three mana. When it comes in, it sacrifices itself, admittedly, but you you get it into play. You get the value off your Collected Company right. and you can bring it back. Now in Collected Company decks, hitting the escape is maybe a little bit more difficult because you don't have, you're playing mostly creatures in your decks. So you don't have as many cards in your graveyard probably, but um, it's like an interesting consideration, right? That like it's mana cost hits the collected company barrier. You kind of have to mention it anytime it's a green creature <laughs> or a creature that plays well with green creatures, right, I suppose, right, right, right. like in the case of Heliod. Um, I do think that, so, so do you think that the primeval deck time, ugh, primeval Titan decks are, now going to have the big target on their head and could we see a ban out of those decks going into the next season like is is like people are now in a little bit of a ban shell shock and i feel like there there is a chance that we're going to see more bannings soon um or they feel that way do you think that we're going to be walking into that format well yeah i mean the last year of magic has had a lot of bands it's had like multiple standard bands which is pretty rare uh multiple you know uh series of modern bands where we had uh, Bridge from Below, and then Hogak, and Faithless Looting, and then now, now, Oko and... now with Oko, Opal, and uh, Mike Synthlatus. So. Which, by the way, the worst part about the Mike Synthlatus ban is that uh, that card is a nightmare to spell, and I have now had to type it like 30 times oh, really? in the last just, 24 it's hours. It's just phonetic. I mean, I guess two Ts. It, I, I, think, I think the fact that like neither of those are real words... Lattice is lattice nice. is, but lattice is harder because there's like I, I feel like there needs to be extra C's in there, or the E and the I are in different places, or there's two T's or one T. I have no idea. Uh, Microsynth though, not a real word. So every time I spell it, it's like I mean, it's red, real big squiggly line. It's real it. like Greek roots though, right? That like means nothing to me. Like <laughs> if anything, it wrecks me. <laughs> like synth, like synthetic, and then yeah, myco, yeah. like well, mushroom, like mycologist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume that's what it is. It's okay. like a Mr. fake, fake, <laughs> fake mushroom. <laughs> it's a lattice of mushrooms. Fake, fake mushrooms. Specifically, fake ones. Okay. Synthetic yeah, synthetic a mushrooms. Of synthetic mushrooms. I think that's what it's supposed Aren't to be. All mushrooms synthetic. Are those real? They feel like aliens. They're not. They don't even fit in any of the other animal trees. Fungus. Yeah, it's, it's, it's its own... It's the fungus kingdom. Yeah, yeah, it's its own thing. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> we're talking about future banning. So yeah, with this like... Mushrooms taste like dolphin. <laughs> bunch of standard bannings, which is highly unusual. We got Ren and Six ban in Legacy. Legacy bans are pretty unusual in and of themselves because like not that much Legacy gets played compared to the other formats. So usually they're pretty slow on the trigger with Legacy. Um, so Ren and Six already banned in Legacy after not that long. We got like three rounds of modern bans, each banning you know, between one and three cards. Um, we've got multiple rounds of standard bannings um, with Golos and Oko and Field of the Dead and um, Once Upon a Time and Veil of Autumn. 
And then Pioneer. Now, Pioneer is excusable with all the bands because the whole point of Pioneer is let's start with a clean format and see what has to get banned. The problem is that like the timing was really bad because yes. it kind of syncs up with all these other bands that are happening, particularly in the wake of Eldrain, um, that like it just feels like something's getting banned from some format every single week. And right. if you're paying attention to every format and you just like want to know what's going on in the world of magic, you just you can't avoid people being like complaining about bands or talking about bands or discussing what's getting banned next because like it's happening so frequently and pioneer really didn't help. Like the timing on it was poor. I, I like the concept of the pioneer ban list in general. Like I think it's an interesting way to kind of build a format and it's a good thing for them to test because this isn't the last format they're ever going to create. Right. Right. But yeah, it's, it's rough. Right. And then like historic randomly, like they had to suspend some cards, which yeah. they just suspended the cards that had been banned in standard already. But it's just like like if if Pioneer had been launched a year ago, then we would be in a situation where that was a five month period where kind of nothing was happening, yeah. and it would have been like a really cool experiment to see Pioneer modified every week and then had that happen. But because yeah. we are going through probably the worst banning period since Mirrodin, yeah, probably. Um, it it just like escalates that exhaustion with the subject matter. What's interesting though, and one of the reasons I do appreciate Pioneer and everyone being sick of the way they did the bands is it's definitely slowed down the amount of people asking us like what we think of no banless modern or like unban everything and reban everything because like that would be miserable and this is why. Yeah, you've you've seen it. <laughs> We've it now happened. done the grand experiment and was it great? I don't know. Uh, I I think it was pretty cool, but it's like. There's no reason to take your format back to square one, right? right like, right. I like the concept of the square one format, and I don't think that it was a failure. Like, I think that it could happen again, but like, it's tough because so much stuff is getting banned, right? Like, right. in every format. So, uh, but should we be concerned about future bans? Yeah, I think that like the the big winner is that the Primeval Titan decks were like the second best deck or like the other best deck mm -hmm. alongside Urza um, at the last like few SCGs in the last modern GP, which was Austin last weekend. And um, it didn't get anything banned out of it. Uh, and it other than Oko, which like not even every Titan based list is playing right. Oko. So you've got like Amulet Titan. There's like this Simic Titan deck that's just playing Field of the Dead, no Amulet and just like doing it old school. That one was maybe a little bit more dependent on Oko, but again, like you don't need it. And then, and it's getting now, cards, right? It's getting the yeah. It's getting that dryad that can go into a Valakut based Titan deck, which either now Valakut is like an alternate wing con in your amulet or amulet probably doesn't have room, but in your Simic Titan deck, where right. like if you have this creature out, you can go grab your two Valakuts or your one Valakut and just kill with that. Um, you don't even have to play mountains. Like, well, you, you kind of have to play Scape Shift, I guess, but you don't have to play mountains right. in your Scape Shift Titan deck. Uh, because of this dryad of the Elysian Grove. And that can be your backup plan. You yep. just have two Valakuts in your deck. It sucks if you draw it. But with Once Upon a Time, you're like consistently finding what you need. And you're playing extra lands. So maybe a tapped land here and there that doesn't tap for any color is fine. Right. Um, yeah. So Titan is like getting some new tools. And it was like the best deck in the format. So I definitely think it's a deck to keep an eye on. I don't know if it's going to need a ban. But I think that it makes the Titan decks pretty tough to fight against because it's now pretty fast and has some efficient blockers like mm -hmm. Arboreal Grazer and Dryad of the Elysian Grove. So it's like kind of hard to aggro it down. It's doable. I think it's still probably aggro, I would guess, is its worst matchup. But Feel the Dead in particular gives it like this 
long inevitability that was part of the reason that it got banned feel the dead was getting banned from other formats uh pioneer and standard and historic namely uh is because like you just can never play a long game against these feel the dead decks because they have this land that you can't easily interact with that just is generating value and you just can never beat the zombies it can like turbo it out and just like make a ton of zombies on turn four or five or whatever and you right. have to beat that and even if you beat that well here's two zombies every turn Here's more. Here's some more zombies. You got some more zombies, and you just have to like wipe the board every turn or die, basically. Right. <laughs> if you're a slower deck, and and I, I think like, I also think there's a chance that Urza, like Mox Opal, kind of died for the sins of Urza in some ways. Now I do think that sentence has been said with KCI. It's been said with like other decks that at one point got close to needing Mox Opal to be banned at one point or another. Um, so th that's kind of pure or there. Like I think Opal eventually had a target on its head one day, and I and yeah. so. With that, let's talk about Opal. But I do think Urza decks aren't going away. I think those decks are. Yeah, I agree. Are, like, I don't think the deck was like, I'm only winning because I have a, like, extra mana on turn two, generally. Well, Urza is, like, the main deck that got two cards banned because most of the Urza decks at this point were playing Oko. Sure. Plus, you have Opal. And they were they were a little bit more mid-rangey. Like, yep. they're playing a bunch of counter spells and they're, like, kind of leaning on Oko as a major win condition. They're playing, like, Mystic Sanctuary to generate value and excuse me, rebuy cryptic commands and stuff and mm -hmm. do the cryptic command loop. I think that with no Opal and no Oko, um, I would guess that Urza decks are more back to combo. Like we're going to see more Thopter Sword sure. uh, type like, stuff. Like Engineer or Stoneforge Mystic in either of them. Right. You maybe, maybe return to Goblin Engineer, return to Stoneforge Mystic because like you need a way to win the game. And right. before your way to win the game was just like grind them out with Oko. They never have any relevant permanence. You kill them with Elks in whatever time frame suits you because right. you can counter all their spells. You can turn all their stuff into Elks. Who cares? But I think with no Oko, like Oko was kind of representing a pretty important win condition for the deck that's mm -hmm. gone. And so I think in thinking, well, what do I think is the best win condition with Urza? I think it's probably probably Thopter Sword, but maybe there's some other combo, yeah, like think, the Paradoxical think... Outcome decks that were just like winning with uh, making a million Thopters with Psy. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe we're back to that. I mean, we'll see. But right. I think it's like a more combo-looking Urza as opposed to the mid-range Urza decks, right. I think is the first place I would look with Urza. Y you lose some speed because of no Opal, obviously, but you know I don't think you need it. Yeah, the deck wasn't really ever about speed, right? Yeah. Like that's that's even even before when it was combo heavy, before Oko was adopted by the deck, the deck was still kind of like I'm going to use hate artifacts to slow you down while I spend my time tutoring and gaining value off of my cards until I can combo and win. Yeah, I'm using and... War of Invention to find the Graft Digger's Cage to slow down this dredge player so that I can combo them or right, whatever. Right. Like o o Opal got you set up quicker in the same way that it got like Lantern Control set up quicker, mm -hmm. but it's not like oh because of this opal i get to play you know springleaf drum ornithopter cranial plating on turn one go like it's not trying to do anything super fast and beat you up it's just like you know it just gets you set up faster so that you can start controlling the right. game uh, opal is an interesting card too because and we're going to talk about some lists that people uh, i asked twitter earlier today kind of for different lists uh that people have and i have some that we'll, we'll talk about and uh, there'll be links in the world uh but um it's interesting with Opal because classically when people have a deck banned from them, the the price loss of that deck, obviously playing it and the deck that they love going away is, is something that's sad. But also, I've invested money in this thing and now I no longer have that money. For a lot of Opal decks, Opal was that investment, right? Like yeah. the, in Affinity, 
over time they've reprinted most of the cards to the effect that they're not that expensive. I think now Ravager is is the most expensive card after Opal in the deck. After that, yeah, I think I think so, expensive. and in Hardened Scales as well. And Hardened Scales, the same kind of deal. Um, and then in Lantern, I think like maybe the, uh, the Surgical Extractions are up there, but for the most part, it's a pretty inexpensive deck. Um, lands, the lands, maybe. maybe, but they're both they like have so many colorless lands, and the because they printed the new artifact land. Not artifact land, the new um artifact Inventors Fair. No, that one sure. Spire of Invention? Yeah, Spire Invention. Um, yeah, you don't need Glimmer Void you don't badly. Need, right, yeah, you don't need Glimmer like Glimmer Void used to be one of the price caps, right? Like Glimmer Void, uh Ravager, Mox Opal, these were kind of the expensive cards in Infinity. Glimmer Void now has a inexpensive replacement. Even Steel Overseer was a little bit of a barrier for a while, and but not anymore. Yeah. yeah. So like like we're in a world where the deck isn't that expensive, other than the Opals, and so I actually think most of the decks that played Mox Opal will be fine. I think they'll they'll be playable in some format. I think some are worse than others. Um, yeah. And I, like for instance, you know the the one of the lists that was sent is that Saffron Olive was playing kind of a, a budget version of Affinity. Um, which All I'm right. So while you look up. that yeah. up, I think um, yeah, Opal it, Opal is like the roughest band to me. Everybody has kind of known that it's on the bubble. So if I was playing an Opal deck, I wouldn't have bought into it in the last couple of years probably personally and i if i had an opal deck i would have spent the last couple of years maybe getting some pieces for a backup deck because sure. people have been talking about banning opal for a long time i mean it's been like this busted mana accelerant that's been you know breaking a lot of stuff and everybody kind of knew that affinity is not super a problem but like maybe hardened scales is or maybe eggs is or maybe kci is or mm -hmm. maybe Maybe like when they printed SRAM and everybody was about Cheerios, Cheerios like yeah. maybe the Cheerios deck turns out to be good enough that you need to ban it. Kethis. Maybe Kethis is the deck that right. needs to ban it. Well, yeah. Like, I think I think yesterday I said Primeval Titan was responsible for the most cards on my ban list. And I think it's actually a tie between Grapeshot, Primeval Titan, and Mox Opal. Right? Like they all I just don't I mean, I get that like I'm Grapeshot not Primeval... is gameplay that wizards doesn't like but it's not that good well sure it's more i'm not arguing that other cards that a storm need to be banned i'm but there are multiple cards on the ban list that are banned because of storm mostly yeah like there's seething song there's the one red for two red that got fun. killed originally there's both of the blue cantrip spells that's not that's not just storm i, but I don't it was even banned think storm would be the best magic. ponder deck like if they unban ponder purity and i don't even think storm would be the best sure, ponder sure, sure, sure. um at the time, they banned it because of Splinter Twin, Storm, and those are the two well, main just any combo decks. deck. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Adnaz was a big problem back then, but I think Adnaz would become a bigger problem if now, they had access yes, to yes. a better um, cantrip. But so you have those kind of decks. So you have you have Storm cards that were banned. Maybe it's not Grape Shot; it's the Mechanic Storm. But then Mox Opal, you have the Artifact Lands, you have KCI, you have Second Sunrise. Like the amount of decks that that card has shown up in with cards ban on the ban list is larger than most. Um, yeah. I guess like the only other card that you may be able to consider is like a noble hierarch, but that's just accidental. Like I don't think that's the reason. But yeah, like, and Sun I mean, and, and Birthing Potter both on the list. <laughs> that's not because of noble hierarch. Yeah, um, no, it's the noble hierarch's fault. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so, but I think it's the ban that hurts the most because people have been playing Mox Opal decks for a long time. It's like always seemed to dodge the ban, so it seemed relatively safe and. I think that it really hurts the deck a lot more than the other two. 
It's also the most expensive. So it's the most expensive out of the three. Yes. It's the oldest of the three. So mm -hmm. it's not like you had been playing Tron and you just added Great Creator. And now you can just take it out. Right. Like your deck is based around it for the most part. And it's and, and decks are based around Mox Opal significantly more than they're based around Karn or more than they're based around Oko. Because those both tend to be like control pieces slash backup wing cons that, you know, your deck isn't based around them. They're just kind of there being efficient good cards that also win the game right and opal like decks are based around opal and so it's like to the point where if you were playing ravager affinity just like classic affinity for years maybe you switched to hardened scales when it got popular and now you have hardened scales like your deck's pretty close to just banned and like you just need to buy a new deck mm -hmm. like I don't know if that's true, though. Like, Well, tell me why it's not true, then, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, I mean, like, this is very early days in the format. Like, But Mox Opal giving those things a turn bump, first off, there's an argument that Affinity was already a dead deck, right? Like, the the it, yes, you would you would can make the argument, but like Jund just hop-aided and like Merfolk has randomly won a GP. Every GP where the most people tell me Merfolk is the worst deck in the format, it, like, wins that GP. So, like... <laughs> not because it's necessarily good nor bad, but just because it's like an aggressive deck that one, you know, a subset of players are are definitively invested in and get very good at. And so they're able to weave around opponents that are not as good at the format as they are and take advantage of that. And that are playing the hot new deck that was the right meta call, but they don't know how to sideboard against Merfolk. Or right. they don't or they know they how to sideboard like against Affinity. Yeah. Like they, mm -hmm. they cut the Sony sounds from their sideboard because Affinity was bad or whatever. And then you just run them over. Right. Like <laughs> Affinity was also always the deck, like the better Dredge was doing, the better Affinity would do. And like, and part of that was just like, you had to choose graveyard hate or artifact hate. What are you going to choose? And so like when that is your option, you sometimes forget that affinity. Not to mention if I had to pick one of those decks to play against the other one, I would pick affinity to play against dredge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would pick. A... Sure. Yeah. I think with Urza being around is the issue is that it became Urza versus dredge. Sure. <laughs> um, Interesting that this year has been either Urza artifact decks were the best deck in the format or Dredge slash Vengevine decks were the best deck in the format. Uh, like after Modern Horizons was printed, yeah. yeah Since yeah, Modern Horizons. Like it's went through those two Pre-Modern Horizons, we had more going on, I think. But but Modern Horizons kind of like introduced really powerful cards that people wanted to build around. And many of them have just like been the best deck. Now, Primeval Titan is not one of them. Like Primeval Titan didn't get anything from Modern it's Horizons. It's time for really. lands to come out on top. Like <laughs> the, the cards that are that are bringing Primeval Titan decks to the forefront are like are not Modern Horizons cards. It's like Field of the Dead and Once Upon a Time uh, are just like recent standard release sets. Uh, cards that had to get banned in standard, admittedly. But... <laughs> So, so some of the decks that people kind of have sent me, there's one that is like much more low to the ground, aggressive affinity Does it deck. have Frogmite in it? Uh, no. Okay. It so. has four Memnite, four Ornithopter, one Arc four Arcbound Worker, four Bomat Courier, four Signal Pest, four Vault Scourge, four Galvanic Blast, four Shrapnel Bast Blast, three Ghost Fire Blade, uh, oh. and four Cranial Plating. And it has like Springleaf Drum and the Nexuses and the Blink Moths and Inventor's Fair and etc. Okay. Um, so it's... To like make up for the lack in speed of deploying your creatures, it gives it gets some reach with burn, and it gets kind of a, a late game plan with additional equipment. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, I and mean, in Saffron, there's a video uh, you can go to if you look up uh, Budget Magic Artifact Blast Affinity uh, on MTG Goldfish. You can find the the, the videos of of Saffron playing it there. Um, yeah, so I think that that deck is going to be a good choice. I think yeah, like 
you are slowed down a little bit and like you're a little bit more all in on these like burn spells to the face. So mm -hmm. like if your opponent has some natural life gain, like lightning helix is probably a nightmare against this deck. Whereas like tr classic affinity was a little more explosive and maybe could just go right through. But I mean, I think it's a pretty good alternative. Yeah. It, the, the three main cards I've seen people talk about as maybe replacements for Mox Opal. Galvanic Blast is one of them because what you sacrifice in um, speed from a perspective of mana, you gain in the speed in a perspective of damage. Right. You're um, not deploying your threats as quickly, but those threats don't need to deal as much damage to your opponent because you can finish them off with a couple of blasts. Right, right. Um, the other one is Simeon Spirit Guide as like kind of the short end version of Mox Opal where like you still get the quick mana at the beginning. You just don't have that mana advantage late game. Affinity is one of the few decks that that is relatively valuable. What you do lose is the fact that you have an artifact in play. Like just having metalcraft yeah, is important. I, I don't I don't think I like that as much. Sure. I think I think being able to sack it to Ravager and having it count for cranial plating is worth a lot more than just like the single mana on the first turn. And the third one is uh once upon a time. Mm, I like that. Especially for like hardened scales. Right. Where like you can now find the threats you need. You can find like you kind of get card velocity more than you get mana, but like, and, and kind of with all three, what you're really gaining is different directions of attack for speed, right? You're either right. gaining card velocity, you're gaining damage velocity, or you're gaining mana velocity. Well, and once and, upon a time kind of like gives you consistency in exchange for your speed because Excuse me. Affinity is a deck that just plays a lot of air. You're playing like all these like Springleaf drums and signal pests, and um, even Mox Opal is like air at a certain point in the game. Mm -hmm. And you're playing like uh, Ornithopters. You're just playing all these cards that don't do anything. Vault right. Scourge. It does. It does nothing. Right. But one, you have like your twelve threat cards, and over time those threat cards have changed. But currently, it's typically like Ravager, Cranial Plating. Um, like Steel Overseer or like your Single big pest threat cards. And, and in hardened scales, like Ballista and Hangerback Walker can also kind of be the threat cards as well. And, and we, so in sorry. in uh in these decks, being able to like dig for your threat cards on turn one, like means you'll have a lot of opening hands where you have two threats. So even though you're not playing them out as quickly, you can kind of like play one, it gets bolted, you play the other one, you equip, whatever. Like mm -hmm. And also, I don't think the gameplay... Uh, well, you can if you go back, we did a really good episode on Affinity early on in the podcast. One of the reasons, because this deck has kind of been almost unchanged for years. Um, and like the game plan of the deck, one of the reasons it was strong is because it could always... It was always attacking you with a spear, right? It was always like, here's a big threat you have to answer. But in the meantime, it was also attacking you on the wide end, right? Yeah. It was always like, you have to deal with this signal pest that has a cranial plating on it, but also here's my signal pest pumping all these ornithopters on the sides that you like aren't paying attention to, but are right. doing damage to you at the same time. So you block the cranial plating signal pest with your Birds of Paradise to chump or whatever, but, then but you're, you're taking, taking five, five on the side, yeah. yeah. Um, and so like, and it always kind of had the ability to do both. Um, and I don't think that a strength of the deck goes away with the Mox Opal Band. And if anything, like one no, thing I, I will say is one of the weaknesses of Affinity has always been it is all air, right? You're yeah. playing with cards that kind of don't do a whole lot. Yeah, uh, a lot of very low impact cards that you're just playing for synergy. And Mox Opal is almost the worst defender of that because it literally, once you no longer need mana, does nothing other than be an artifact in play. Right. Um, and being an artifact in play is moderately relevant, valuable yes. for the deck, which is the reason you can afford to play so much air. Right, right. Um, but 
this could like people playing more Bomac Warriors because that draws them cards. People like there's different ways of like kind of gaining advantage that maybe they'll be forced to look at that they previously weren't doing. Um, and I think that both, and that's for affinity. Now talking about hardened scales, I think hardened scales is a deck that the gameplay of plus one, plus one counter themed stuff that's powerful with that. I don't know if that really goes away either, especially I can see it moving more towards an enchantment style gameplay um, with Heliod being able to do the same kind of deal with. Um... And if you, if you slot in once upon a time and find room for one or two Heliods, then you can find the Heliod when you're ready to find it. Right. right? And, or you can find the ballista if you like have this dead Heliod in your hand. Right. Yeah, that's interesting because Hardened Scales has always like been a little bit slower and grindier than Affinity. Like it's not as explosive, so losing Mox Opal maybe isn't as much of a hit for it. Yeah, I, I like I think that like it, obviously getting a free Mox <laughs> is powerful, and losing that does in general add a negative. But I think a lot of these decks can look at different ways in kind of the same way. I think Mox Opal was always better than Simeon Spirit Guide, but. And it was just more powerful enough that it never had this happen to it. But almost every Simeon Spirit Guide deck I've ever seen in Modern starts with four Simeon Spirit Guide in this deck. And as the like year goes on, it just starts saving more and more of them for consistency versus explosivity. Yeah, but I think having a permanent in play is like something a lot of decks can take advantage yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Mox Opal is just past that that power level. And I think, if anything, Arcbound Ravager is the one that gets hit the most by that that last la lacking because it's the yeah. one of the things that cares about how many artifacts you have in play. Well, and plating. And plating. Um, but I think that one pip on plating is less important than Ravager. Yeah, I guess I agree with that. I mean, it, it could be the difference between like two attacks to kill them and three attacks to kill yeah, them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that like there are alternative ways for all these decks to go. I mean, Urza is the easiest one. I actually don't think this like we talked about that already pretty thoroughly, but I don't think this hurts Urza that much compared to even these other two decks. Yeah, agreed. I um, think the Urza deck looks different now, but I don't think it's like dead. And I and and I think Oko is more of a thing that's making it look different than even the Opal ban. Yes, I agree um, with that. Now, um, I mean, but yeah, that's that's kind of the main changes to the... I mean, Lantern was also kind of a deck that had been fallen by the wayside, but if that's the deck you're playing, how important do you think it was to, to Lantern? Ruben's shaking his head no. Like, he thinks the deck is fine. I don't think I don't think it's as important to Lantern. Uh, like, you took a while to get set up in Lantern anyway because you didn't have, like, all these zero-mana artifacts. I mean, you're playing, like, Mishra's Bobble, I guess, but you weren't, like dumping your whole hand out in lantern it just helped you get set up one turn faster and now you're like getting set up one turn slower but you have other forms of interaction like i think drown in the lock is like a big form of interaction for lantern that you didn't have before that now you do have mm -hmm. um you like yeah I, I think lantern if you are a player who like is good enough at lantern to like play it with opal i think that you will make it work without opal right and, and so I guess I guess the moral of all of this is to all of the players who are currently very unhappy that Opal being gone destroys their deck, I think take a breath, and I don't know if I agree that your deck has been destroyed. I think that there are there are already people making lists that were trying to skirt around Mox Opal for your lists that are out there because of how expensive it was. Yeah. Um, I, the amount of content creators out there that tried just making budget magic decks, like the rest of Affinity was cheap. The rest of... Uh, uh, we just said it. The one mana green enchantment that adds counters. Hardened hard scales. scales. Uh, the the rest of hardened scales was relatively inexpensive. It was the opals that was kind of the most expensive piece, and 
So there are, there's, and they were finding decent success. There's a shell around that deck that is still really good. So I wouldn't discount Hardened Scales. I wouldn't discount Affinity. I wouldn't discount Lantern. I wouldn't discount Urza. Um, I think all of those decks definitely have potential moving forward to be good. How are they going to be as good? I don't know. And and there is one issue with... Well, no, I think they're not going to be as good. But that doesn't mean that they're unplayably bad, especially like given a pretty unknown meta. I mean, like we're going to have Primeval Titan decks. We're going to have Red Prowess. But like beyond that, the meta is pretty unknown. And based on Titan and Red Prowess being like two of the front runners after the ban, like decks are going to crop up to beat those decks and your deck's going to beat that deck. And like there's going to be, I think a bit of a new metagame because it got shaken up mm-hmm. so much with these bands that, you know, we'll maybe there is a version of like a former Limox Opal deck. That's just the best deck. Maybe Urza just is still one of the best decks, or right. maybe hardened scales rises up to the top because people are innovating on it. Like you said, with death shadow, I, I get that. Like people spent a lot of money and now their investment is worthless. And in fact, they feel like they need to invest more money to play, but I wouldn't sell your collection yet. Right? Like if you're hurting, just, Wait a few months and see how it goes. Right. I, I, w- I wouldn't jump in right now and try buying a deck. I would wait and see what's going on. It's right. not like there's a ton of modern. Right. I wouldn't like, jump in and buy a deck. I wouldn't just sell my collection and quit Magic Forever. Yeah. Like, it, it's really unfortunate, especially what's happening with all the bands. But I think that, like, in a few months, there might be a build of right. Hardened Scales or a build of Urza or a build of, you know, Eldrazi Tron with no Karn or whatever that's, like, the best deck. Right. And, and I do think, like, you can look at, like, if you're playing Affinity... And you play that every FNM because you have a modern FNM and that's the main way you like playing Magic. Like, look at the Saffron lists. Like, Galvanic Blast is not an expensive card. Bowmat Corio is not an expensive card. Just slide them in, see how they do, and 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 still play the deck, right? Like, I, I do think that it's not like your win condition was killed. It's not like Splinter Twin where the only way that deck could win was removed from the format. Right. Um, or the other way it won was, like two on fairies for three mana that are bad without well it. yeah it took a while but eventually blue moon surfaced as like the twinless right. twin deck but yeah i mean the splinter twin players were hurting for a long yeah. time because it took a while for somebody to figure out that like you can actually just play splinter twin with some random wing con and sure. it doesn't matter what it is just put blood moon in your yeah, deck yeah <laughs> and like and and you know birthing pod decks eventually coco happened pretty quickly after that and there have been malaria combo decks since then um now all of these decks fallen out of the wayside or, or gone better or worse over time but that has more to do with the metagame shifts like I, I honestly don't think that birthing pod being legal and modern right now makes that deck good partially because of all the answers to birthing pod that are printed we talked about that previously um but also because just like the amount of good removal with fatal push being in the format and other removal being in the format that just kills creatures like there's and a reason there's like a Cocoa lot of, of the deck is bad and there's like a lot of fast linear decks now that didn't really exist at the height of birthing pod right. and so birthing pod maybe had a little bit more breathing room to grind you out like birthing pod is great when the format is aiming to be a turn four format and modern has been a turn two three format for a while now at its at its fastest it's not always that but like wizards gave up pretty quickly after Amulet Titan got banned at like really trying Summer to keep... Summer Bloom, you mean? Summer Bloom got yeah, banned. Yeah. Amulet Titan, the, the card out of Amulet Titan. Um, and for a while, just because of how... Like it, it's it's plugging up, you know, sh- sinking ship with your fingers, right? Eventually just enough holes keep yeah. popping around I mean, I, I, I'm not... I don't know if I agree that Birthing Pod wouldn't be dangerous, but yeah, I, I think that like... Yes, Birthing Pod got Coco right after, and that's been a pillar of the format for years right. since. And it's right. it's been just as good if not as good without its key card right and and birthing pod even i would say is more of a key card to the birthing pod deck than mox opal is to a lot of these decks maybe yeah. not to affinity 
But like, it's not like Ravager got banned or Cranial like, Plating like got banned. Aggressive <laughs> artifact deck, I think. Like, and, and this is kind of my point. Like, Affinity wasn't that good recently. It had yeah, the potential sure. of doing what it was, but for the last, I want to say, six months, um, it hasn't been the strongest pillar of the format, and or even a strong pillar of the format. So yes, moving Mox Lopal makes that deck worse, but it was already not in the the best spot, and so maybe this forces it to play maybe a more resilient version of the deck. Um, yeah. And so I, I am excited to see the innovation that people come up with, to see the cool things you can play. I, one person sent me a list that was playing the new Forge, the four mana artifact. Oh, Mystic Forge? Mystic That's Forge. That's awesome. I do think Mystic and, Forge decks, had they existed in modern before, would have been hurt a lot by the Mox Opal ban, but I'm very interested to see what yeah. a Mystic Forge deck looks like, particularly with no Opal. Also, someone sent an Experimental Frenzy, which are like very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I've seen Experimental Frenzy Affinity before. Yeah. When it first got printed, it was like the version of Affinity, right. and then it turned out that it wasn't good enough, just like Affinity hadn't been good enough to and be a top player, not to say not good enough to play and perhaps be successful with, but it wouldn't didn't make it a top deck right. and who, who knows tempered steel might make a comeback which would be dope <laughs> i don't know about that i like ghost fireblade tempered more steel, than I like tempered steel hardened scales just enchantress artifact play the fairy make it four color <laughs> i mean hardened scales the deck gets a lot worse the worse ravager is and the fewer artifacts you're playing sure. the worse ravager is what if, is there a, there's no enchantment ravager does that not exist i guess there's like no. People should play Boggles. <laughs> There's also not any, like, zero mana enchantments or even as many relevant one mana enchantments as there are artifacts. So, That's like, true. Enchantment Ravager would be way worse even if it existed at the same mana cost with Arcbound for enchantments or something. <laughs> or not Arcbound. What's it called? Uh, modular. modular for yeah. enchantments. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Um, cool. So... Uh, the last question I have in regards to Affinity before we get into chat questions is there has been a push on the internet. And even before this happened, there was a push for this to happen. Um, and I think we even had uh, Corey Burkhart on the cast saying that having all of them unbanned would be fine. But people are mostly talking about the one. And that is uh, the mono green artifact land tree of tales. Do you think A... Do you think it'd be fine to unban B? Do you think that would offer cool things to the format? And C, do you think Wizards would even consider it? I think it is relatively interesting to unban artifact lands now that there's no Mox Opal. I think Mox Opal was a big thing breaking them. I mean, it's they're still strong with Ravager, but Affinity fell out of favor already with Opal. Now they have no Opal. Are artifact lands okay? Maybe. I'm not in favor of just unbanning Tree of Tales because I think... It's like unintuitive that only one artifact land would be unbanned. Oh, unbanned, sure. There's two. Dark, Dark Seal yeah, Citadel yeah. doesn't count yeah, because yeah. it's like out of the cycle. It right. wasn't printed in the same set. It's aesthetically different. It's there's like a mm -hmm. lot of differences with it to me. But Tree of Tales is like part of a very distinct cycle, and I think if people like see Tree of Tales in a deck, they're going to be confused. They're going to call a judge. They're going to be like, "What's going on here? Like, aren't the artifact lands banned?" Sure. They're like, "Not that one." Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It just feels weird to me for people who aren't like very dialed into the modern like to the magic current events you right. know like if you have a hometown gp you've been playing modern for a long time but you're not like on magic twitter or whatever and you go to a gp and you see a tree of tales you're gonna be like, like. <laughs> <laughs> i do think i do think they're fine to unban i mean cory Corey argued that they just all were and find them banned with Mox Opal. Like he thought it would actually maybe make the deck worse in a world where people were playing Stony Silences and other ways to get rid of them because it made the deck just that that much sure. worse against sure. every hate card under the sun. Yeah, Shadowstorm. And, like, and like the the opportunity to just get blown out if you Ravager your lands 
and them just like path to exile fatal push like and you're just like okay um was was enough of a reason to just like maybe they're fine then anyways and then the fact that i do think that if i were to pick one of them to unban i agree with you like it's weird to unban one but if we were to unban one i don't even know if tree of tales would be the one i think would be okay to ban with like visions being a card that's legal and like just green having so many better Are you talking ways. about ancient stirrings when I am you talking say the about, word visions? I am. I'm absolutely that, talking about ancient stirrings. You're welcome, viewers. <laughs> uh, that card needs to be banned. <laughs> just so I don't have to say it ever again. Uh, ancient stirrings being maybe the best artifact card in modern. Um, being able to be cast off a tree of tails doesn't make me feel like it's the least powerful one. If I were to choose, I'd pick the white one. Um, partially because just like obviously there's the the meta conversation meme conversation of just like white sucks so we should give it more powerful things to do but also tempered steel there's the white path metalcraft card there's like cuter dispatch. white cards dispatch yeah. um, there's the what's the white uh, egg guy he like brings back white cards for one and a white from the graveyard Ariarch Salvagers Ariarch Salvagers um, not to mention just like all of the core synergy or like like white artifact synergy that I think could be cool. Um, Stoneforge, if you were playing some sort of artifact deck, like you could play Stoneforge to search for your cranial plating. Yeah. What about that? Spicy. Actually, that's also a thing that this deck could do. I mean, we talked about that before when Stoneforge Mystic was unbanned yeah. about Affinity playing Stoneforge Mystic, and it never really happened. And yeah. like that is a much... Because well, Affinity didn't really become like a top player... Right. At that point. Didn't become a top player. It wasn't necessary for the deck. It was still kind of about wide artifacts. But now that it's not, I think Stoneforge Mystic is another card that I'd love to see people try. Um, so, yeah, I think I think I agree. I Don't ban just Tail of Truth. If you're going to unban an artifact land, just unban all of them. Yeah, just unban all of them. I, I don't know that it's safe. So, Affinity, I think it's fine. I'm a little more worried about like other combo decks, like whatever Urza becomes, like how is it going to be able to use artifacts? I don't know. Like I'd have to think about it a little bit, but like KCI type stuff, right? Obviously KCI is still banned, yeah. so you're fine. But I think like KCI is the bigger, that type of like, I don't know. I'd have to do some research to see if I think that'd be good. Yeah. I think, I think yes, research would be need to be done. I, I, I do think they're now higher on my list of safe unbans with Mox. Opal no longer being in the format and KCI no longer being in the format, yeah. right? Like there's not that many things in the format that like sacrificing your artifacts is that good. And yeah. um, like Second Sunrise is gone too. Like there's not a lot of things you can do with it. Like they're, they've been pretty good at getting rid of the things that sacrifice artifacts for combo purposes. Sure. Um, Ravager being a creature that just like gets power and toughness is like right. not that you, busted. Like, anything on the planet can kill a Ravager. Like I think every removal spell in the format can. Well, Ravager's harder to kill eventually. than Ravager's <laughs> harder to kill than you think because you can respond to the removal spell by piling everything on and putting it on your Ornithopter yes, yes. and then yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I did it. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Or put it on your uh, etched champion or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I think I think kind of the, the wrapping up the conversation. There are options for all of these decks that had these cards banned out from under them and i wouldn't give up hope that those decks are bad it sucks that those cards like i wouldn't give up hope lost. that those decks are going to be like unplayable right because yeah. like uh, affinity and hardened scales in particular they were like not they're not really the top dog they haven't been the top dog in a while but this doesn't make them like so much less playable that you need to take apart your deck right right, right. and and there are a hundred different ways you can kind of try different things and maybe one of those things is better suited for the metagame we're about to go into um and the other piece of that is uh, at least Mox Opal is playable in every other format it's legal in, right? Like I, I don't, I don't think 
yeah. legacy isn't good. And to be totally honest, the legacy affinity deck, the only difference between that and the regular one is the inclusion of artifact lands. Yeah, and probably sideboard cards. And some, yeah, and some yeah. sideboard cards. Um, and then, like, Vintage plays Mox Opals. Standard doesn't play Mox Opals. I don't know why I went to Standard. <laughs> Commander plays Mox. Like, every artifact yeah. deck on the planet plays a Mox Opal. If it, the reason they weren't previously is because they're just expensive. And I also think the price probably tanked. If you, like, foiled out your affinity deck and you have, like, foil Mox Opals or something, like, Commander players will still probably pay top dollar for those in yeah. a year, right? I mean... I think, I think all of the... F- foil ones are fine yeah. like that that's if well anything, like I think you're... foil ravagers from mirrodin yeah, or something yeah, those yeah. are going to go down a lot and they're not going to recover but right. opal is a card that like lots of commander players have been dying to get their hands on for cheap and i'm sure with the number flooding the market right now it is not going to satisfy everyone <laughs> all right so now that we are done with the conversation let's answer some questions from the chat um i do have a question before we start you were looking at the camera in a worried way did it stop recording at some point it did. It okay Okay, we have that one. Okay, so so we'll we'll talk with Marshall. I mean, we'll get him the audio from this so that he can put the audio out, and then it might be that just this lives at the as the as the the episode for the week. And All right, questions, questions. So there were a couple of questions from a number of people, uh, chief among them Bill Craven and Michael Papa. I'm going to summarize. Bill Craven and Michael Papa have asked one major question. Well, it's, it's sort of a play, <laughs> a play on the same question. Is it okay? Is it okay for wizards to be printing these broken cards and for like older cards to be paying for the sins of wizards' recent design strategy of print really, really, really powerful cards and win their busted ban stuff? Would you rather have them do this or play it more safe? Essentially, I think is the kind of the question. I think that they're trying to find the right balance. Mark Rosewater always says that like magic design in particular is kind of a pendulum where like it'll swing towards like a certain strategy is weak. And then once they realize that it's weak, it'll swing back to them making strong cards and then maybe it's too strong and they'll swing it back. And usually that's like for specific cards like Lightning Bolt, for example. Like he was saying that obviously Lightning Bolt was a very most powerful burn spell in magic for a long time. And then they kind of swung away from it because it was too powerful. And then at M10, they were like, well, let's swing it back. We had Lightning Bolt for a few years in core sets. And then they were like, well, you know what? It's kind of pushing out other burn spells. Let's dial it back a little bit. Let's get Lightning Strike. And that kind of implies that at some point we'll probably swing back to Lightning Bolt and Standard. In fact, we have an entire hot take that you can go watch on the YouTube channel about uh, when they probably will reprint, or if they could reprint Lightning Bolt and when. Um, and so usually you see that applied to specific cards like Birds of Paradise or Llanowar Elves or Lightning Bolt or like stuff that they kind of have gone long periods without printing and then they bring it back. Um, and I think that that is just true of like the overall power of standard sets. Like there's a quote from a design article recently where um, they were saying that the power level of Eldraine is what you should expect from standard sets. We want to up the power of standard sets. We want them to have greater impact on eternal formats. But I think that the pendulum is there now. And I think that, you know, as they see the results of those decisions, they're going to dial it back a little bit and we're going to see, you know, they're going to try and find the right spot for, for standard cards. And I think that like, as modern players and as pioneer players or legacy players or whatever, you do want to see like cards that impact your format cards that shake it up. And modern horizons was one way for them to do that. Obviously there were some big mistakes in modern horizons and bridge from below and perhaps Mox Opal paid for the sins of modern horizons. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I also think that Mox Opal was like on the chopping block for a long time, and I don't think that they were never going to print a card that's busted with Mox Opal. In fact, given time, the card that was busted with Mox Opal might have been Emery or Kethis or something else, right? right? I mean, if it wasn't Urza, <laughs> granted, Emery and Kethis are also 2019 cards, sure. so <laughs> grain uh, of salt, I guess. 20 but... for Kethis, 2019 for Emery. Oh, no, Emery 20. Printed yeah, yeah, in the yeah, year yeah, 2019, yeah, 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 I mean. Yeah, Obviously, M2020, but... Sure, I, and I was thinking of the, the other artifact guy. Yep, yep, correct. I, I think... Ixalan sucked. Uh, I think that the fact that we had an entire block where kind of nothing happened and we, like, went over and most of the cards weren't super exciting. Didn't even impact standard. Didn't even, like, impact standard. It's <laughs> like, like kindling Phoenix, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Field of Dead, which now is printed in a new set, so it doesn't even get to only be from Ixalan. <laughs> Field of Ruin? Field of Ruin. Field of Ruin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Field of Ruin, like... And it, it sucks that it sucks because Pirate Dinosaurs versus Vampires was, like, such a cool theme. Like, yeah, I was really excited Walking about into it. it, Ben was like, this is the most safe scene that you excited for a set. And then, like, it didn't do anything. And like, Yeah, and I think, like, flavorfully, they did, like, mesh these weird, disparate themes into a world that felt really cohesive. And I really liked the creative on Ink Salon. And yeah. I think that, like, the stories that were written at that time were great. And, like, they got a lot of people interested the, in the story, the short stories. the best, yeah. Yeah, possibly the best with like the Jace redemption arc, so to speak, mm -hmm. where like kind of rehabilitating Jace and making him a relatable character from, you know, the like douchebag from Flavor Text slash Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yeah. yeah, rehabilitation of Vraska as like, she doesn't like Jace. That's her character trait. Now she like, you know, it yeah. did a lot creatively, but mechanically on the cards, the whole block sucked. <laughs> uh, Jim Scott asked, Emery puts it into your hand. Emery puts it into play. Uh, you, she allows you to cast... A card, card yeah, from your graveyard. graveyard. So yeah. you, you pay the full mana costs, whatever it may be. Maybe it's zero, and then you play it. Um, so, yeah, I think that, like, I would rather Wizards print powerful effects than not. I think that the the big Band-Aids we're being seen ripped off are ones that were Band-Aids. Like, I think, like, Mox Opal has always been in the conversation of cards to be banned. Faithless Looting was always in the conversation to be banned. Not visions. <laughs> stirring. Ancient stirring. You should just get a poster on the wall. Uh, ancient stirring. Actually, that's not a real bad idea. Uh, ancient stirrings has like is continues to be a card that people point at, and I don't know if I agree with Wizards. New, I like they definitely have be decided that they're willing to ban the like the glue cards more than they previously were. For a while there, they would like ban the symptoms and not the um, disease, it, as it were. But the like. I and I think that's what was happening with Mox Opal, yeah. with KCI and with um, Second Sunrise and with, uh, I guess nothing else. Artifact lands were banned beforehand. Artifact yeah. lands were banned beforehand. Yeah, a lot of those are like the Band-Aid covering over Mox Opal. Right, right. And and like all of the different dredge cards, like theoretically, or art graveyard stuff pointing at Faithless Looting is like a pretty easy, like another example. Um, and I also think that like, do I want more Okos? Yes. I just would rather wizards be more Oof. willing to. That's a take. That's a take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and and, and Oko is especially problematic because the way it's powerful is unfun. Yeah. Um, which I think is problematic. But so I guess better example. I I want more Hogax. I want powerful effects that do cool things and. Worst case scenario, they have to rip the Band-Aid off. I'm excited about Modern Horizons and that's, too. And that's the reason that I like them banning Oko is because, like, yes, Bridge from Below had to had to die for its sins, but it wasn't really a card anyway before. I mean, nobody right. was playing it in Modern. Like, should they unban it now? Maybe. But it's kind of a Yu-Gi-Oh card anyway. Like, it, <laughs> it 
doesn't really seem like a magic card to right. me. It doesn't <laughs> act like a magic card acts. I don't know that it makes the game a better place for it being it existing. But at least they hit Hogak, right? Like this time, Urza getting Mox Opal banned is is perhaps an indictment of like the power level of cards. Yeah. Oko got himself banned. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and like and like Karn getting Microsynth Lattice banned, if there's like a fun card that does something really cool that they print now and it gets rid of this like random seven six drop from ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, Microsynth like, Lattice whatever. Is, it sucks if you paid thirty dollars for one, but at least you only had to buy one and it wasn't doing anything. And anyway. that card is still bonkers in commander, by the way. Like in yeah. fact, the, my annoyance with Microsynth Lattice being good in Modern is I had to take it out of Commander decks and I could put it right back into Malfagor and continue blowing up people's lands with Old Karn. Yeah, sh short interlude based on the chat conversation now that I'm paying more attention since we're doing question and answer. You cannot cast Mox Tantalite from your graveyard with Emery because it has no mana cost. So uh, you can't cast it from your hand, right? Because it has no mana cost. Emery's the same thing. She just allows you to cast a graveyard as cast an artifact from your graveyard as though it was in your hand with its mana cost because it has no mana cost you cannot cast it and you actually can't even suspend it either because suspend says only from your hand yeah. uh, so emery and mock emery and mox tantalite not a combo unfortunately next question all right next question <laughs> ce uh progassin had a couple of questions uh we talked a little bit about unbans did you have any thoughts of other than hashtag free the tree did you have any thoughts on unbans and how long until the first theros beyond death ban in modern do you think wow uh as far as unbans unban birthing pod and unbans i think i want to unban splinter twin at this point but unban birthing pod for sure i'm not a big fan of unban that arguing train. i'm not a big fan of unbans but i guess bridge from below would be fine i think it's an interesting card. I mean, it's like it kind of like makes Legacy Dredge tick in a way that makes Legacy Dredge one of the more unique decks in all of Magic. Yeah, and Modern true. Dredge, I would say, is less unique because it like has to play more Magic, and uh, that's maybe a feature. I'm not sure, I but <laughs> feature is a strong word. <laughs> well, uh, look, bug. I, I think I think feature is it on fire or is it? So the benefits of Magic is that, like, Magic is many games, yes. right? And I think that, like, giving more players access to, like, a, a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh! in their Magic does broaden what Magic is, and maybe that's good. I don't know. But I think Bridge from Below would be a relatively safe one at this point. I don't know that you... Sh I don't, I'm not a big fan of Unbans in general. Sure. Really? Sorry, sorry everyone. Yeah. Wow. In so, like, just in general, you're just like, once it's banned, you should just stay banned? I think that, like, once you've banned something... There's not so banning something is like a big decision, right? Because people have invested money in these cards, they've invested time like playing these cards, and a lot of people have developed emotional attachments to these cards, and that all gets stripped away when you ban the card. Why unban something, right? Like, yes, people have visions of how much they love their Splinter Twin deck back in the day, but by necessity, they've already had to move on. They've already built a new deck. Maybe it's Blue Moon. Maybe it's sure. something that doesn't even look like Splinter Twin. Maybe they play, you know, uh, maybe they were playing the Urza deck, and, you know, now they're going to continue playing the Urza deck, and they have totally forgotten Splinter Twin. It's out of their minds. Sure. So it doesn't, you don't, you don't need it back as much as, like, you know, I think I feel like you've already moved on. I have a whole conversation about this. I will say that I disagree with you. Okay. I do think there is also a difference between cards that were banned out of modern and cards that started banned in modern, which is also a different conversation. Sure. Um, but I think I, that's such a huge episode that, uh, and we are running out of time. So I think we'll, I'll, I'll pocket this. I will say, I think cards 
can't be unbanned. I think that I don't know. No, I, I, I don't. I'm not fundamentally opposed to unbans. Sure. And I think that if Wizards does the work and decides they find something that they think is worth it, fine. I just think that like, and historically they've, most of their unbans have been just fine. There hasn't really been an unban that's like wildly problematic, but I just think like Regard grave troll, maybe. Yeah. Grave troll is the big one, I guess. Um, but I mean, it just, it doesn't seem like a big priority to me. Sure. Uh, and then uh, the Theros question, I think it's too soon to tell. I, I don't. I, I think Heliod has a chance of getting cards banned in Pioneer more than it does have a chance of getting cards banned in Modern. I think yeah, Heliod's modern the, the closest. And if anything, oh, Underworld Breach. Oh, Underworld Breach. Uh, you read the card and what it does. It's it's the Yogmas Will. It, yeah, it's it's an enchantment that's a colorless and a red that as long as it's in play, cards in your graveyard have uh, escape for three cards and their casting cost and then at the end of the turn you sacrifice the enchantment uh the lack of powerful storm cards in modern makes it a lot worse like especially the lack of brain freeze yeah i think that a card has a higher chance of being banned in legacy, legacy yeah. more than even modern Agreed. uh and like vintage it's actually, like i think is like when i think on of a short list of being reserved <laughs> um but restricted I, yeah or restricted uh i i i think that in modern I guess that is a higher chance to me than Heliod being banned. Really? Yeah. I mean, when I think of cards that like are very good with it, I think of like cheap rituals. I think of like Lion's Eye Diamond. I think of like Brain Freeze. Mm -hmm. I do think of Thought Scour, admittedly, but I just I, I don't know. It feels like it's not. I maybe I just haven't put in the work to think of a great modern <laughs> deck that contains the card, but mm -hmm. I think it's much more difficult to break in modern. But sure. we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, the power level's there, so it could break. There's just not something distinctly in my mind the way there is with Heliod, where it's like a very low effort I win button. And low effort I win buttons, like Karn Mycosynth, are often on the watch list because a lot of decks are already playing Ballista or just could play Ballista because it's just a good card that can just slot in Heliod and it's easy. And the, uh, yeah, I, I'm almost more excited to see what it does in like Goblin Fecundity Storm decks than I am to see like how much better it's going to be in Storm, a deck that might not even need it. Is Goblin Fecundity Stormed really going to get a card banned in Modern? No, no, I don't think it's going to get it. Oh, no, no, I'm, not saying, I'm, I'm more excited to see it than I am to sure. think that it'll get it banned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think like it'll be cool once the Underworld Breach deck, like somebody brews it up and you're like, wow, you mad genius, you did it. This is yes, awesome. Yes. And it'll be awesome for one week and then it'll be like, oh God. I think Kethis decks are still dope. Like I think it's like, yeah, I, I think guess. I would put it a similar power level as what Kethis is doing and like, great. It's sure. fine. I mean, like, you're miserable when you have to play against it on Moto, but, like, also they're going to lose maybe just from how many clicks they have to pull off. <laughs> uh, one last question, and then I think we have to end it. Um, well, we can do a couple of, uh, uh, you know, you can just give a thumbs up, thumbs down, stock okay. up, stock down on a couple of the decks that people were asking. Yay, Maze. Bogles, Boggles. Up, uh, up or down? Up. Up? Oh, like, did it? does it benefit from these bands? Yeah. Oh, oh, from the bands or from Theros? Oh, from the bands. Or from Theros. Do you think that in the future... I think, I think Bogles is good. It is getting a couple of potential tools in this set, and I also think it's good against Primeval Titan. So, yeah. Yeah, I like Bogles. It's, it's another deck that, like, like Affinity was before it and, like, other decks we mentioned is get good at Bogles and you will have a good tournament in, once in a while. <laughs> Mono Blue Paradoxical Outcome. 
worse without Opal. Yeah, I think it loses a lot from losing Opal. Granted, like Urza makes everything into an Opal, but it's just like an expensive card. And I think getting set up slower hurts it a lot more than it hurts something like Whirr. But I mean, it could work. I, yeah, I think I think what, on one hand, it only needs to get the four mana, so it's like a turn slower. And I was making that card work in standard with like Bone Saws. So like if that could work and I can win a game, in modern there are good cards. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. it's a possibility. My first thought is to start with Whirr. But I think that, yeah, Paradoxical Outcomers, it could end up being good as well. Yeah. The Golgari Dogmoth deck. Ooh, that deck's sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't lose anything from the bands. It's probably better with no Oko in play, turning its key creatures into 3-3s. Three prey on some of the decks that got banned. That's true, but it's hard to evaluate these decks in a metagame con context because there's only a couple of decks that are, like, obviously frontrunners after this. And like I said, like... If Primeval Titan decks are just the most popular best deck, there can be decks that are going to prey on Primeval Titan decks that are going to be then the best deck after that. Right, and so it's right. hard to say where things are going to shake out. So I think like raw power level, like what the Yawgmoth deck has, looks good to me. Dredge. Uh, I think Dredge I, is about as good as it was before in my mind. I am excited to see how decks do with not how decks taking advantage of the one re the new the adventure faithless looting do without oko in the format and oko being the best deck i think those decks are better against uh primeval titan decks than they were necessarily against urza decks um well, primeval titan decks can often tutor up a bajuka bog right which is a little rough sure but i, I mean dredge decks are already putting up results in the metagame that we were in yeah the decks that are going to remain good are dredge is still going to be able to put up results against them i assume and so I, and i think escape gives it more tools like any graveyard deck has better with escape cards and with the mod yeah Ooh, the, the ox the ox the ox yeah so dredge got a new tool and it was already putting up results yeah. in in oko fall oko as, you know whatever you want to call it but <laughs> yeah so i think i think i think in general dredge gets better but more because of theros and less because of the bands Moxen are out. Oxen are in. <laughs> nice. Infect. Uh, infect is good still. I'm, yeah, like, I think I'm pretty high on Infect. Not good still, I guess. But for the it, same reason, I think Boggles is going to be good. I think it's just like good in a relatively unknown metagame where people don't know what threats they need to answer yet. It's similar to, to Burn, where just like if you just are one of the fastest decks in the format, you're going to beat up on all the people who are playing Clunky Brews, right? Right. I think it, it benefits less from Theros unless there is some weird pump escape card that I missed, which is definitely possible because the type of cards that are good in Infect are generally bad everywhere else. I don't, uh, I don't think it gains anything. Yeah, I don't think so either. But, but I think that people trying to aim for Urzas and Titans make you maybe a little bit better off if you're just a like hard-to-kill 1-1 one -one that's flying. And, like, they can't tap out or they lose. Uh, last one is just general all-in kind of combo. Like, all-in Neoform, for example, combo or Gorio's Vengeance decks. Like, the turn one, turn two weird-looking combo decks. Um, I think that they are relatively the same unless they did get new tools from Theros Beyond Death. There's such a wide amount of cards that could come from that set that maybe there's something there. Yeah, it's like it. What with what Michael said about Boggles and Infect, they do have the benefit of no one knows what's going on right now. So you don't have kind of decks that are going to be like, oh, I have removal spells and counter magic that can stop things because I know which things I need to stop. And so decks that attack from weird angles are most benefited in those environments. Um, yeah, and I think um, those decks are going to be about the same because it's not like the Urza 
Oko decks just had like an incredible turn two matchup. Like, oh, well, I could just beat all the turn two decks, you know, like those decks nut draws are just going to beat stuff no matter what. Right. So it's really a question of if that deck stumbles, does it still have a chance against the metagame? And I think that's kind of unpredictable. I, I would say that they're about the same in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they greatly benefit. But I don't think that they really lost anything, obviously. I, I think decks that Oko was good against get better. I think that's right. like the only real thing you can take from this. I don't think Mox Opal was keeping decks down and the speed it was offering the decks like was more about how quick they were able to establish a I win lock and less about how quick they were winning. Um, because the ones that were trying to win quickly with Mox Opal weren't very good recently. Um, so it's more about like are Kitchen Fink decks or like Malira combo decks maybe better now because because Oko is gone? Yes. Uh, but are Neoform decks that were winning on turn two maybe due to the luck of how well they drew? I think they're the same. I mean, Greaselbrand is better, right? So like sure. Gorio's Vengeance is only putting Greaselbrand in for one turn and then they're probably winning. But Neobrand had to like put a Greaselbrand into play and then they can draw seven and then they're like, pass. And you're like, Elk. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I put a... I use all the cards I drew to put another Greaselbrand in the play and like, elk, yep. right? So, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so you do want to untap with Greaselbrand in that deck, and uh, you are much more likely to do it with no Okos. Yeah. So I think I think that yeah that kind of covers all of those. Um, uh, I think that's it for the episode today. We're running out of time. Thank you so much for everyone who's hanging out in the chat. Thank you so much for everyone listening. Big shout out to all of our patrons. They're the reason that. We are able to, we have new mics. We have a camera now. Obviously, we're figuring out how to use all of these things. So we apologize for all of the technical difficulties. Um, we will continue making content every week. Next week, will be uh, Ben will be back. I will be gone uh, on my way to London. If anyone's in London, I would and love we should to have a out. guest. We should, we may have a guest. Okay. Because <laughs> technical difficulties may direct where that happens. I'm optimistic we can solve them in a week. Yeah. Uh, if we have a guest, he's going to be awesome. Uh, I know who it is, but I don't want to spoil it. Um, and thank you guys so much. We're really excited. And make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Cass Wiley. I'm at uh, Dudar, D-U-D-A-R-D-D. Uh, we are, make sure to follow on YouTube. Subscribe. Like it. If you're watching right now, like it. All you people in the chat and then all the people watching this later, like it on YouTube. Uh, and uh, make sure to share it with your friends because that's great. Uh, thank you, Ruben, for helping on the, the producer's chair. And big, big shout out to Jim Casal, who was not able to make it onto the cast, though he hung out with us for 30 minutes while we tried figuring it out. Um, we will get him on in the future once we figure out how to have guests on the podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs>